Welcome to the Allured Life Podcast. My name is Katie Christ, and in 2016, I wrote down in a journal that I was going to become unapologetically my best self. And my purpose is to help women do the same, whether that's overcoming body image issues, creating next level inner confidence, or up-leveling our emotional intelligence and sense of worth. I believe that by investing in and developing who we are, we can exponentially transform the world we live in. My mission is to create power and influence in the hands of women. These are conversations for those ready to rise. This is the Allured Life Podcast. <laughs> Let's go all in. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Allured Life Podcast. Um, So if you are watching this on the YouTube, I am rocking somewhat <laughs> some red lipstick today. Um, I really want to be a red lipstick person. I really want to be. Um, and I'm recording this on Zoom. And so I'm just like looking at myself talking and I'm like noticing my lips are just out. They're there. <laughs> so I'm seeing my lips. Um, I really want to like if you nail red lipstick, I've like let me know your secrets. I know for sure. I think the one thing that I need to do is have lip liner. Cause I feel like when I put red lipstick on, it just looks like I took a crayon and I'm like a kid child and just went bloop, 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 bloop. Um, cause it just like, it makes my mouth around it like red <laughs> and then I have to take concealer and then go and like, not even, it's like powdered concealer. I go and put powdered concealer around like where the red's at. Cause it's like touch up. <laughs> it's like a magic eraser. Um, but I really want to, I really want to own wearing red lipstick. Um, there was one woman that I know. Um, her, she was one of the coaches, um, wives and she had the best red lipstick. And I think she told, she told me it's the, it's the lip liner. It's the lip liner. Um, but I'm also trying to, I want to, I, and this is where I, I want to be able to like get the right red <laughs> color. So I almost feel like I should probably go into Sephora, um, and just be like, help me. <laughs> Help me, help me. Um, but anyways, I am sitting here. I've got my red lipstick on. I have my new favorite sweater, which is a, I'm really into the turtlenecks right now. I'm really into the turtlenecks. And this one is actually a sleeveless turtleneck. Um, so it's, it was like 70 degrees in October this month or this year for some reason, odd reason in Wisconsin. So I was like still fall vibe, but, uh, it's warm out. So perfect. Um, so when this podcast comes out, um, it is going to be the week of when I turn the big 3-0, the dirty 30. Um, I am not a birthday person for myself. I am a birthday person for other people. I love celebrating other people's birthdays. I love celebrating other people. For me, I'm just like, eh, okay. Um, but I'm trying to, this one's big. It's 30. It's the big three O. Um, so with that, with this podcast, I thought it would be fun to, I actually wrote this in my notes, um, at the beginning of end of September, beginning of October, um, of some podcasts that have inspired me. Um, and then I wanted to almost not repurpose them, but I wanted to take the content and then just add what I've learned add a little bit more of feminine energetics, embodiment practices, confidence, body image stuff. Um, Mostly, I would say the feminine energetics, the energetics piece to so much of this. Uh, when I started my personal development journey, so much of it was from, um, and I'm noticing now that I'm learning more about feminine energetics, I was really attracted to a lot of masculine-based personal development, masculine-based, results-based driven um and even to actually rereading it now, I'm just like, hey, there is some feminine energetics in here, but it's masked by masculine. <laughs> so individuals like Brendan Burchard, I love Brendan Burchard. I actually, last past September, I went to, um, it was a coaching summit from for, and it was hosted by him. He did an like, amazing job. If you're in the coaching industry, I highly recommend going uh, just to meet other individuals and then just be kind of in the same room as Brendan and kind of feel his energy. Um, so this Tony Robbins, I feel like a lot of the, it was Tony Robbins, Lewis Howes, Ed Milet, men, right? The one person that I did follow pretty heavily was Rachel Hollis. Um, 
And she, again, I think she, she kind of was in this space where it's, you're kind of taking the rhetoric of personal development that's been out there. John Maxwell, it's another one. Forgot about him. Jay Shetty. I'm looking at my bookcase right now. Wayne Dyer. That's who I was looking for. <laughs> so actually I would, and I would actually pair. So Wayne Dyer, very much into energetics. Rachel Hollis, kind of a mesh of embodying woman personal development, but still in the same type of rhetoric as Ed Milet, as Brendan Burchard, as Tony Robbins, um, kind of this very, the structure, this masculine, this to do. Um, so we'll tangent coming back to it. I listened to a podcast from Brendan Burchard and it was called the five rules of life. So I thought it would be fun just to go and talk about, okay, what do I feel like, and what are my thoughts around his five rules of life? Where would I add to it? Where do I agree with it? Um, and I actually wrote in my journal, these are five daily rules of life. Um, and since I'm turning 30, I've got, I feel like I've, and I've been doing this personal development work. I've been in this industry for a couple of years now. I think I know a thing or two, at least, at least when I was 20 year old, Katie, 25 year old Katie, even 27 year old Katie, 28, like those younger years in your 20s, I feel like I know some stuff to tell you. <laughs> I really do. And even if you're listening to this and you're above 20s, you're like, oh, Katie, you think you have some wise wisdom? I think I do. I really do. And I think this will be, if anything, if anything, and as always with all personal development, it's not me telling you, this is the way to do it. Follow me. I am the guru. I am the authority figure. I want it to be you listening into this and it's a remembrance. It's a remembrance of the things that maybe you've just forgotten or the things that maybe you just haven't held some intentionality around versus me being like, I know everything. Listen to me and follow me. And you know, nothing. And you're a chicken nugget. Like, squawk. <laughs> it's not the case. That's not the case whatsoever. Um, no, I just want to have fun with this. Let's dive into what Brendan Burchard, who is huge in the personal development space, says are the five rules of life. And let's check in and see, are we doing these? Because if we just have to follow five rules, that doesn't seem that hard. Yet, sometimes we don't do the simple things that make all the difference. So, Let's dive into the five rules of life. Let's do my first edit. <laughs> my first edit is with the title. And I would say these are the five daily rules of life. This is stuff that we need to start to be intentional with daily. Daily, it's it's just adding it in as a practice. Um, and I am going to be sipping on some more tea because last podcast episode, I was coughing up a storm. So if you hear me, Pause and sip. That is why. Okay. So the first rule of life, have vision for your life. So who, who do you want to become? Have vision, have clarity, have focus of the type of person that I want to become. Simple as that is just reminding yourself every single day, who, where am I going? Who do I want to become? What is your dream? Where do you want to go in your life? At the end of your life, where do you want to focus in on? So these are the things that I want to have meaning, like finding clarity. Clarity was the biggest focus. Um, so, and I, I talk about this quite often. Um, and this is definitely, definitely something that, again, I think my, this is, this is not an uncommon thing of just like have vision, have ambition for your life. If, if this is a rule, what are the, what are the constructs around it? And so this is where I'd like to dive a little bit deeper. So again, I added on, these are daily rules. So it's a practice. It's a rule for me to ask myself daily, what, who am I? And I ask it as like, who do I want to be at this stage of my life? At this stage, who am I and where am I going? I talk a lot about context with women. I talk a lot, like, because what I don't like is just, and even where I dive deeper is 
when we're like, I, I'm striving to become this, this is my goal version of me. And then we go back to our daily lives and we go back to our daily habits and we just kind of do the same thing over and over and over again versus what is the context of how I'm going to view this day? Where's the context of what I'm going from? The context is just a different way of doing things versus like, there's a different way of you walking by let's, <laughs> let's say like I came up. Okay. Uh, I don't know why this is like the first thing, but walking is a funny one for me. Um, if I'm walking, but if I see a guy on the street or on, if I see, I mean, right now it'd be my husband. Um, but if I see a person in a store who's really, really cute, how I would walk by him would be different if I'm walking to go to the bathroom. So I have to I'm going to pee my pants. Like I'm going to pee my pants. There's a different context of how I go about that same. I'm doing the same action. I'm walking. I'm strutting my stuff. Just being like, hello. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I did. I don't know if I ever did this, to be honest. Like, did I walk differently when I walked by Ron? I don't know. <laughs> I think I was more just aware of myself. Um, but okay, let's say there's a different context of how I'm eating with Ryan on my first date. Or with Ryan, when I met Ryan's parents, there was a different way that I ate versus when I am so hungry and I just like need the sandwich. <laughs> I just like, like gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> There's a different context. So this is where it's when you have vision for your life, truly think of context, contacts, just like try to pair those together context is a different lens that you view life through vision contacts context you see what i did there just to make it a little bit easier it's like you're putting you're asking yourself what is the context of who i'm becoming the vision of where i'm going because that's another thing and i talk about this in my more i've talked about this in 90 day slay i've talked about this in invested the resolution rebellion when i'm taught in and the uh mid-year uh, my mid-year program as well, halftime, talk about this all the time. It's creating a context that for the goals that you want to have happen for this year or the the vision that you have for your life, who do you have? What's a word or a phrase or a focus that would help if you followed that, if you looked at life through that lens, would help you stay on track with that? So for me, for this past year, my context was iconic. So it was every single day. I was just asking myself, okay, the vision of where my life, I want to go. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot. And why I love this, what I love context about is that it kind of brings it into focus a little bit. Remember focus, context, 2020 vision, just <laughs> this makes sense in my brain. It's like you take a, you have this grand vision for your life. Then put your context in so you can focus on like, what's the one thing that if you focus on this, it would get you a step closer. And for me, for 2023, it was being iconic. So it was a daily, and I'm still getting like, this is a practice, a daily practice of taking, of reminding myself of my context and viewing the day from that. Because my context is in alignment with my vision for more of my life. And it's a daily reminder of being intentional, of being intentional, of being intentional. And it's also a daily reminder of just any of the hardships that were coming up or any of the things that I didn't want to, like, I just didn't want to show up for. Sometimes I would, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I have to record a podcast. And I'm like, this isn't good enough. I talked about that last week where I was just like, it's that perfectionism in us, this thing that muddles with our confidence of who we're being the context reminds you of this is the version that you said you're going to step into and it reminds you how to do that by just bringing it into today so i love that i love this focus and this is also in in the podcast episode that and I'll link the podcast episode below if you want to listen to Brendan Burchard talk about this but he talked about how Having vision for your life, this vision doesn't just land on you. There needs to be diligence with there. So there needs to be diligence of just like people always would say, 
not even people would always say, but it's, it's almost like, I don't have a vision for my life or I don't, I don't know what I want in this life. I don't, I don't know what to dream about. And it's, it's, it's not just going to hit you over the head. Sometimes it does. But a lot of the times it's like you, we have to kind of keep fine tuning this vision, keep fine tuning this vision and keep holding this vision for your life as if it's true, even though it hasn't happened for you. That's another piece of this ambition aspect is this vision is just, it's not a wish, right? It's not saying I have a dream for your life. It's have vision and vision is something that you can see. And if you can see it, you can have it. I inherently believe that I don't, I don't think, so I believe in God. I don't know what you believe, but I don't think God would ever put in my heart a desire or a want that he didn't think that I was able to have. I don't think God's that cruel, to be honest. I really don't. And if in my heart, or if, if, if there's a desire that I want to have this level of health, that I want to have this relationship, that I want to have this type of a career. I really don't think that God would just place this like want and this need and this desire in me to just fuck with me. Be like, oh, I'm just going to put this here and it's going to torment the crap out of you. And I don't believe either that the opposite side has put that in me either. I, I really, like, I don't think the the devil plays this desire in me. Um, I really don't. I don't. Because I know I'm a God woman, godly like woman. <laughs> I don't. So I won't even bother with that part of the conversation. Um, but this is where I just, I don't believe that anything that comes into our heart where we're like, I want this. I don't think we aren't able to get it. I really, I don't. So little caveat. Um, but this is where, again, it's, it's this comment of vision doesn't land on you. It needs diligence. You need to become a seeker of your vision and, and a seeking out of it is taking action. It's looking for it. It's, it's creating this line and it's every single day to become more aligned and disciplined to live into this vision. That's what Brendan Shedd said. It's live every single day to become more aligned and disciplined to live into this vision. So that's the rule. The rule of daily living is to have a vision and be disciplined to live into this vision. That's context. Context is saying, okay, this is what I want. And I like what the, the reason why I like having a context a little bit deeper, and, and again, I teach this in Invested, um, is looking and, and like I'll teach with, with any one-on-one client, but it's looking at your past and looking in hindsight, what are the lessons learned? Don't look, of, don't look back into, I should have done this better. I should have done that because we do that so much. And then we're just, we, we set ourselves up just to repeat patterns, repeat patterns, repeat patterns, because we're not learning the lesson. So it's extract the gold, get out all. And this is what I do for the the new year. It's look back at my, look back at the last year, what worked, what didn't work, what were the lessons, take the lessons and then say, okay, for this year, for the ambitions, for the vision that I have for this year, these are the lessons that I learned from last year. What kind of context would hold all those lessons so that this is just reminding me of just in empowering and making it so much stronger of a way to keep walking towards this vision versus just putting up a goal and you're hitting it or you're not, or you're losing momentum and you're like struggling to show up. And this is just not a productive way to live into having vision for your life. So that's what I would add for the first rule, have vision for your life. And adding in this piece of context, which is basically the same thing. It's just diving a little bit deeper. So number two is believe in your ability to figure things out. We all have to have this. This is a non-negotiable. This trust and this faith that you are going to figure it out that there's going to be a better tomorrow. 
to honor the struggle and move through it. And I talked about this in two episodes ago. Episode 45, Overcoming Obstacles, the self-leadership in challenging times. Um, I talked about this three-step, super simple process of building up your confidence and building up your capability of self-leadership and building up your capability of leadership. And the first is starting. The second is taking action and going again, taking action, learning, going again, taking action, learning, going again. And the third stage is the results. And the most horrendous and awful and like struggling and erg, you're like, what the heck is going on? Is that you are in stage two of going again, trying, going again, learning, trying, going again, learning, trying, going again, learning, trying until you just get the result. There is no do this X amount of times and then you get the result. It's you're in it until you're not. It's frustrating as hell, but it's, this is where it's like, what would life look like if your rule of life was, I believe I'm going to figure this out. I believe I'm going to figure this out. What would life look like? If that was your truth, if I embodied this in my early twenties, I would have, uh, my, my little tears, I would have saved a lot of tears, a lot of frustration, a lot of panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Um, even I just remember, and I was actually just doing, a like a yoga about releasing, letting go this morning. <laughs> I'm like kind of trying to get into some somatic healing. Uh, We'll see. I'll let you know how that goes. I just started. (laughs) But one of the things that came up was in, and I was just, I was in child's pose and it was this, and when I was a kid, I, I was the worst at, what was it? Pre-algebra? It was eighth grade pre-algebra. Any, any math really. Once they started adding num- like letters in, I, w- I was a goner. <laughs> I truly do. I th- and look it up. I think the math anxiety is a thing. Um, Ryan actually, and I still, I still do this. And Ryan just made fun of me. He saw my computer and I, I was using the calculator and there was a three. Um, he was like, I don't think I've ever seen like such a low number on a calculator. What were you like looking up? <laughs> um, but when I was in eighth grade, I remember getting so frustrated at how long it was taking me to do the math homework. I punched my wall over and over and over and over again. Cause I, it, in, in, in a, I don't even know if it was for me wanting like, you know, you, you know, when you're in your like middle school age and it's just like, everything is awful. And you're just like, and this is, this was when too, like uh, all the emo st- punk rock was a big thing that I was listening to. So it was like, cool to be like, um, pay, like uh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was, I just wanted to like get my frustration out. And I don't, I didn't know if I can handle the pain of the disappointment that I was experiencing in myself. So it was a way for me to kind of feel pain elsewhere. But this is just this learned belief of your ability to figure things out. It's not something that's ingrained in us. So this is where if it's a rule of your life that I figure things out. Another way that I like to look up at this is this concept of, and again, I got this actually when I was at the coaching summit was this vision beyond the vision beyond the problem. And this is why the first rule is so important is have a vision for your life. It's because a lot of the times we, oh, we go, and it's so easy to, we get sucked in so easy into the one problem, the one, like, it's like we're playing chess and the chess piece, you, you put a chess piece one place and then who you're playing against is the universe. They played another part and you're like, oh my, how, what? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And and we, instead of having the belief, like we put ourselves in this game, we're playing, we're in the game right now. We're going to, we're like, we're going to be okay. We're, we're in the game. You're either going to become a better 
chess player or you're going to beat this <laughs> MF right now. <laughs> and you're going to get the result. You're in stage two right now. Figure it out. Go again. Figure it out. Try again. Go again. You're in this game of chess. You made a move. The universe, like there was then, then the world, the universe, God, whatever you believe, something happened that like put a piece where you're like, oh, wait a minute. I was, that was that my strategy. Uh, what's going on here? If you don't like chess, let's do checkers <laughs> or connect four. <laughs> you either then learn from the mistake, but still go again. You were in stage two. You still go again. You start another game or you try another strategy, or you know how to beat that. But you chose to be in this game. So have belief like you're going to figure this out. It's just about being in stage two. You're just in stage two. Vision beyond. Remember this one, vision beyond the problem. What, what would that be? Vision beyond. Okay, I was just kind of going to try to come up with a fun acronym but v vbp <laughs> bp actually is that a common thing bp is a gas station right let's do that bp you're stopping for gas beyond the problem we're filling up our tank <laughs> vision beyond the problem bp stopping at gas getting some gas right now <laughs> i just made that one up we'll see if that one sticks in my mind um this is also a, a concept that I think would really fit into this second rule is my whole belief about taking radical self-responsibility. Great women take radical self-responsibility. They do not blame, shame, or fault. And the key here is they do not blame, shame, or fault themselves because they have a belief in their ability to figure it out. They take radical responsibility. Another phrase that I like to like to use is if I have manifested this, then what do I want to do with this? It's almost like the same phrasing of having a vision beyond the problem. It's all right. Uh, this is in my life. What do I want to do about this? Radical self-responsibility. I go first. I have to figure this one out. I'm going to figure this one out versus just blaming or shaming or faulting ourselves, getting in this woe is me or this victim mindset. That's not doing us any favors. It's really not. It's keeping us stuck. It's keeping us from moving forward. It's keeping us from moving and walking in our context. And this is also another reason why I love having a context. It's like when you have something that does come up that is a problem or that is frustrating or is overwhelming or is like, ugh. You say, okay, my context is to live in a lot in like be iconic this year, Katie. Okay. Being iconic. What is iconic, Katie? What does she do in this moment? Vision beyond. The belief that you can figure this out. It's just holding. And this again, this is why I added on. It's not just the five rules of life. This is the five daily rules of life because not everybody thinks like this. And so there is a level of intentionality of a practice that we need to put into place, almost like a sacred practice of walking with these rules every single day and reminding ourselves of these rules every single day. Okay. So number three, <laughs> so number three is to have fun on this journey. So even the sucky things, it's Brendan Burchard uses this phrase, bring the joy. And it's all about just being, I'm going to be proactive about my focus instead of just like mm, moving through life. Uh. Um, this is where, where I would add to this is having fun is emotions compound. Emotions compound. This is true. This is the truth. This is like you can't you can't negate this one when you're experiencing an emotion whether good or bad whatever emotion you're experiencing it tends to have a compounding effect if you're happy it'll compound into like more happiness emotions it'll it'll compound into joy ecstatic excited um i should look up more terms for joy <laughs> um, 
the the way we don't actually when we experience joy fulfillment happiness it's it's one of those days where you're just like i was just in such a good mood and everything was good that happened we never when we experience that we never actually say oh i did a good job at compounding the good emotions but when we have a bad day isn't it true like once one bad thing happens it's like everything bad happens and a lot of the times angry leads to like sadness leads to anger anger leads to rage rage leads to like this disappointment in ourselves it's this compounded effect that happens when we experience emotion mostly usually i guess i shouldn't i should generalize because it's not always always but this is mostly the truth for so many people emotions compound have you ever been sad for no reason and then you get mad at yourself for being sad at no reason and then you get angry even more angry with yourself and then you get frustrated with yourself and then you get even more sad because you're like i just ruined my whole day <laughs> it happens check in with yourself emotions compound so this is where if we if we know this if we we're like okay i i know and i acknowledge that emotions compound so it's it's so important then for me to be like, okay, let's have fun on this journey. Because if I am stuck into the problem so much, and if I'm so focused on this and my negative emotions, where am I going to go? What's going to happen here? There's also another thing that I've learned and I love, and this I learned from Melanie Ann Lair. Again, guys, I was in a container for her for over a year. So that's where like there was a lot of information. So that's why she is so heavily influential because I've been studying her the past year. But she talks about how we have right now when we are going for that vision beyond having a vision for your life. Right now, this vision for your life, this ambition, this context, it has not happened yet, right? It ha- if, it, if it's your vision, it hasn't happened. It's not your reality just yet. And so because it hasn't happened There is two options of what's going to occur. Maybe yes, it's going to happen or maybe no. Right now, we don't know for a thousand percent fact, a hundred percent guarantee. It's not a hundred percent guarantee that this will happen or it won't happen. So it's a 50-50 shot, right? If it hasn't happened and it hasn't not happened, there's a 50% chance it will happen and there's a 50% chance it won't happen if our emotions are neutral about our vision for our life. If we are neutral, if we're neither excited or happy or, or leaning towards the belief that maybe, yes, this will happen, like holding on to that. If we're neither that or, nor this is going to happen, we're just neutral. Yet our emotions dictate What's most likely going to happen when we're in the negative emotions of this? I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm, oh, this isn't happening as fast as it. Compound emotion. But not only is it a compounded emotion towards something that we don't want to experience that will stress us out or bog us down or lower our energy from actually taking the strides forward, it's also putting the deck of cards into our, like we're betting on maybe no, this isn't going to happen versus can we have the diligence to say, let me gear my emotions. Can I, can I guide my emotions so that I can, I'm putting my, my hand in the maybe yes, just a little, even if it's just 1%, just the one little, little like step above neutral. Can I do that? Can I hold that? And just that gives the energy of the maybe yes, this is going to happen. It's going to come just a little bit more, right? Because again, when we're struck, when we're going into the confidence loop, into the leadership role, leadership is just us leading ourselves to take action, right? It's not just about influencing other individuals to take action or to do things a certain way or to believe in a certain way. The first way, the first person you're ever guiding is yourself. 
So if you're, if you're leading yourself towards this vision of your life, this ambition, and you're in the, you're in the stage two until you have the results, until this vision became your reality. If you're in the stage two, what better way to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going than having the 51% chance or the above 50 of maybe, yes, this is going to work. Versus so many of us just ping pong back and forth of maybe, yes, this is going to work. Oh, maybe, no, it's not going to work. Maybe, yes, maybe, no, maybe, yes, maybe, no. And this is where the ping pong of just like, and this is where we get burnt out. Burnt out isn't just coming from taking action. Burnt out is just overthinking. It takes a lot of effort to go from, I don't think this is going to happen to, okay, I have to train my brain to think that this is going to happen. It takes a lot. It takes so much more effort. So can we just consciously start to create the emotions of maybe yes, maybe yes, maybe yes, maybe yes. That was, that was a big one. That was a big one. And that was, this is definitely too. This is to my younger self is this generating your emotions to the maybe yes is the most important thing for you to focus on. Stop feeling like you have to know more information. Stop feeling like you have to push harder. Stop looking outside of yourself to keep going and go and focus on your emotion and figure out how to get yourself to the 51%. At worst case scenario, can you nutri- when you're when you're in your 50 when you're going in the maybe no, how do you neutralize yourself? Can you figure that out? Which I have. Gratitude, guys. gratitude that's the somatic healing as well too um get yourself into the neutral zone and then go because that's where it it's the brain power is so overwhelming to go from maybe no to jump up to maybe yes and your brain is just like bullshit bullshit this is just affirmations you're just throwing around that does not make any sense i don't even believe them You can't trick your brain when you're like BS, like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit brain is going on. When you're in the maybe no zone, your bullshit like (laughs) alarm is just, or a scanner is like anything to scan that we are not going to be in the maybe no, I will detect like any, any positive thinking. Nope. Nope. We're going to just like zip that one. So it's like almost impossible and just not (laughs) to like... This is why affirmations, I feel like don't, they only work when you're in the 50% of maybe yes, or to get yourself from the neutral to the 50% of maybe yes. When you're in the 50% of maybe no, affirmations are just like, all right, cool. Crystals are just like, all right, come on. (laughs) So I like, that's why personal development gets such a bad rep sometimes, I think, and such a like oh, this is a load of horse shit. It's because a lot of people are in the 50% of they don't have this belief in themselves because they haven't adopted, number two, the belief in your ability to figure things out and they haven't been diligent about having a vision for your life. It's the sad truth, but it's the reality. So, okay, let's... Let's go on to number four. So number four is be patient yet persistent. So what I liked that Brennan talked about is that the, (laughs) is it not true that the worst behaviors either you've had in your life or that you've witnessed from other people come from people that are impatient if you see something on the highway that's just like going as fast as they can to get to work, they're in a bad mood. If you're in a line and someone's impatient, or if you're at a restaurant and someone's impatient with how the service is going, or impatient with how somebody's talking with them, impatience, so the flip side of patience, impatience, brings out the worst behavior and vices in individuals. And so that's where... When, because we're in stage two for so long, we're in stage two until we're not out of stage two, until we're in stage three, we're just in it, we're in it. Can we be patient 
And at the same time, persistent. At the same time, still keep taking action. So with enough patience does come success. Remember stage two, go again. You do it, learn, go again. Do it, learn, go again. Do it, learn, go again. And so that's, we have to, and I talk about this a lot too, of just time. When you feel time, that means there's a, there's a creeping up of this impatience. And when you feel time, this is when we're going to start to lean into the 50% of maybe no. And when we feel this time and when we're in this 50% of maybe no, this is when the negative emotions come up, this bad behavior that we have have noticed. So what can we start to do to start cultivating patience? And so much of this is just kind of, this is where people talk about alignment, I'd say. Um, and alignment out there, it's, it's a lot of people talk about alignment as just when you're in alignment, you are in flow, in fluff, yay, yay, yay. It's all happening so easily and you feel good and blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is the one piece that I think is misconstrued is that we are always in alignment. But what we're in alignment with, that's the question. When we're in alignment with our vision of our dream, of our life, when we're in alignment with that, when we're walking on that rope, that tight rope, um, I like to visualize it as, so my dad is a football coach. And so he used, used to, I don't even know if they do this, um, a red pointer, you know, the ones that you like have, and you can drive your cats crazy with them. So he'd have a red, red pointer and you'd point to the screen. And so I like to think of alignment as like, truly it's, it's where you're currently at in life. You point the screen at what you want. And then there's this red line that all you have to do is just kind of keep focusing on where you want to go. So again, number rule, number one, have a vision for your life and walking on this red line is alignment. And when we start and, and, and whether or not are, we're on this alignment path, the way that we know if we are in the, if we're making the correct steps on this right path of alignment, it's based on our, on our emotions. If we feel good, we're on the right path. If we don't, we're not on the right path. So there comes a little bit of a level of emotional intelligence, um, an understanding of whether or not of, of, am I frustrated right now? Am I being pushed? Is this discomfort or am I being challenged in the right way that I need to be? There comes a level of emotional intelligence and tapping into our emotion that we do need to start to go with. And this is where, again, it's just when we're starting to walk on this rope of alignment, this red line of alignment, it's being patient with ourselves and just like, just walk. It's just going on a walk. Versus again, this time coming into play. And when we're on, when the time comes in, the time crunch, when we're starting to get a little bit more impatient, that's one of the signs that we're actually stepping off of that red line. Because when we feel impatient, we feel like we're, it's, we, we just stepped into the maybe, no, this isn't going to happen. Cause we're like, it's not happening fast enough. So that's one of your biggest signs of, am I walking in alignment with my vision of my life is, are you feeling impatient? And if you're feeling impatient, it's like, okay, I need to start having and adding on patience here. Another reason why this is so important is also too, of just managing our, our physical body and our stress responses and being in this fight or flight state. We cannot heal anything. We cannot generate the energy that we are fully capable, that we have the full potential of if we are constantly in this fight or flight state. If we are putting our body into feeling a sense of unsafeness. This is where we just have to trust the path that we've walked on and learn how to regulate our nervous system so we aren't in this fight or flight state because it really is it's like you don't have the amount of energy on the long road for consistency for 
like to be as persistent, to be on top of it as much as we we have the potential to be when our nervous system is completely out of whack. When we're going from this flight or fright, this chronic stressed out state, we're like just we're we're almost walking or we just put on a really heavy backpack to make our walk way harder or we're walking through muck, mud. Have you ever walked through mud? <laughs> Lost a shoe. <laughs> that's what it's like when your nervous system just isn't in a calm state in a regulated state the last part and I I didn't mention this before but what I really did like about how Brennan Burchard talked about this is he called it the peaceful warrior and I really liked that I felt like it's again we talk about you know you and me if you've listened to a few of the podcast episodes we've talked about this balance of feminine masculine energy And I do like number four, I think the number four rule is just to really walk with masculine and feminine energetics, the peaceful warrior, the at peace version of ourselves, the one that's fulfilled, the one that receives and has gratitude and just is loving on life. That's our, that's our feminine energy, the peaceful. And then we got the warrior, the one that's going to do So I love number four really is just kind of this reminder of the rule of how we do life is figuring out how to balance our feminine and masculine energies so that it works so well for us to be in stage two until we're in stage three. And then when we have another stage three that we want to hit another vision of our life, we know how to cultivate this peaceful warrior in us is so like, I'm just imagining this version of us. that's just like, like running through the forest and uh, (laughs) I don't know, like doing all these combat things and almost like an, (laughs) this is so dirty of me. I don't know why this is coming, but um, if you ever watched Avatar, the airbender, I don't know why this one's coming to me. This is something that I watched when I was a kid. Um, but it's like every episode, they're just in tune with nature, in tune with their power. And every episode, they'd be like at peace, but then also like fight. <laughs> I should edit this part out. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Okay, let's just go to the last rule. My favorite one. So number five is, and I'm going to read my notes directly. Um, It's love and respect others playing the same game is critical to our destiny. So love and respect others playing the same game to have tolerance and allow people to follow their own path, be kind and have a zest for life. When we see people that are walking the same path, we, we, we find just more, instead of just looking at them and judging them or making people feel bad for their choices or, or just comparing ourselves to them. It's how can we look at what they're doing in their life, whether good or bad, and have it add some zest into our life, seeing power in people. Again, whether or not they are living in an alignment in a way that you are like, I like the way that they're living that way, instead of comparing them or instead of looking at them. And, and this is what we talked about last week, looking at them. And if they are a leader, breaking them down if they're not perfect. Instead of doing that, it's like, how can I look at your power and see my power in that as well? If I acknowledge you and I admire the things that you're doing, that I have too. And that can give me more energy, more belief in that I have the capability to get in that 50% of maybe yes. And at the same time too, it's, can we look at people that aren't doing life the way that we like, instead of blaming, shaming, and faulting them, we're just, that can add to our gratitude of where we're currently at in our life. That can add to, oh, I used to be like that, or I'm so glad I didn't spiral into there. This is where I talk about, and the the things that I would add is this number five is a big one of just kind of embodying this practice of I am the one. I am the one to do this. And by me being the one, it doesn't mean that it doesn't detract your, you being the one either. In fact, if I'm the one, that means that you can be the one too, the one to do this, the one to have this, the one to have this level of success, the one to have this vision. If I'm the one, 
you are also the one. Because if I can do it, you can do it. And this is one of the things that kind of, and this was going to be a masterclass and I, I didn't, I didn't do this masterclass just yet because there was a lot to it, but a big thing about claiming that you are the one claiming this inner confidence, claiming this power, the way for us to really start to embody this practice is to start seeing it in other people. When we are going, and let me, let me break this down a little bit. We just talked about having a vision for your life. We talked about having the belief that you can do it. We talked about what it looks like to really generate our emotions into the 50% of maybe, yes, this is going to happen. And we talked about being patient. How could we hold the belief that this is possible if every other person you either look at and you say, she can't do this, he can't do this. You look at them in a negative way, or you look at them and you say, and you compare yourself to them and you're like, I can't do that. Let's go with the first part of you look at other people and you're like, they can't do it. What, what benefit is that going to do for you other than give your, give yourself a little bit of an ego boost, but at the end of the day, doesn't it actually just reflect what you think is true about you versus what if you actually started to see people and loved and respect on others and saw them of, they can do, they can do it. I see you. We all want to be seen and we all want to feel like we matter. We all want that. And we're all looking for other people to tell us that. Yet what if like right now you claimed it as like, I, I am, I see myself, I matter. I know that nobody else can take that away from me. And then because you held that as your truth, what if you could see other people and be like, if I can hold this belief in me, then they can hold this belief in me versus what we end up doing sometimes is we look at somebody and we're like, either they can't do it. Or we say, if they are doing it, they're like, I, how do I can't ever do that. I can't do that. Yet sometimes if they're a good person, if we haven't gone back into our motherhood wound and taken their leadership and broke their down from their perfection, if we haven't done that just yet, we look and we're like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. They can do it. I can do it. What would life look like if everybody you looked at you broke down everything that was getting in the way of you seeing people for their power and you just honored and respected them. That's how you become the one for so many people. You want validation from other people to tell you that you're the one. You have to see them as they're the one first. Because that's how. Isn't it? Think about all the individuals that are so important in your life whether that's your mom, your sister, your grandma, your husband, why are they so important for you? Is it because of their job? Is it because like they've just been around so long? So it's like, I just have to name some important people. No, it's the way that they make you feel about yourself that makes them important. They make you feel better about you. That makes them important. So if we want to be the one for other people, if we want to have influence in leadership, not only do we have to have it to be the belief that we are the one for us, but the way that we have influence or become important to other people, it's not about the things that you do. It's not about the accolades. It's about, are you seeing and respecting and honoring and loving them? Because is that not true that the people that you respect the most and find so important and love with all your heart are the individuals that have seen and honored and respected and that loved you for you? What would life look like? What would your life look like if you started to do that for other people? And not at the detriment of yourself, 
these are five rules. This isn't just number five and just go with number five. Cause if you don't have a vision for your life, if you don't have this belief, if you don't inherently know that you're the one first, you can go with this and be like the martyr and the victim. And just like, I have to just make sure everybody's seen, but like, I don't even like myself. That's not the, it's not the way it's not the way. <laughs> and also, also how horrible would you feel if you love your grandma so much because she makes you feel like you're on top of the world. And then you later found out that she despised herself, that she had such self-hatred for her, for who she was. She looked at her body and she absolutely hated her body. She just didn't like who, she didn't have any belief in herself. How sad would that make you feel? How heartbreaking would that be if you found out that somebody that you love so much felt so awful about themselves? Why would you do that to somebody then? You're do if you don't feel confident about who you are, if you don't feel love for yourself if you have these moments of self-hatred these moments of self-doubt these moments of frustration with yourself just you are doing and if you're not like you're not claiming that you are the one and you are hurting the people that have found you to be so important to them and i if i found out and again, this, this is not a conversation that I've had with my grandma, but if I found out that she had debilitating belief in herself, but she then would have a conversation with me and she'd just talk about how much, how proud of her, about proud of me she is and how much she loves me. And that made me feel good. And that made, that like put me on such a high and I walked a little bit more with confidence. And then I found out that she had debilitating love for herself I would feel like I took something away from her. I would be like, oh my, like grandma, I like, I, I didn't want to give back to you. How do I make you feel so much better? You make me feel so much love. How do I make you feel so much better? I'd, I'd feel awful. One is the way to make someone feel so good about themselves is to see them, respect them, honor them, love on them. Because again, the reason why I love my grandma is she makes me feel so good about me. So if you want other people to feel so good about them, if you're like, oh, Katie's grandma, I need to go make her like love herself. <laughs> it's let's honor and respect people. And at the same time too, it's just as important to love and honor and respect ourselves at the same time, because how awful would that feel to be on the other end of receiving love and honor and respect from somebody that absolutely was like crippling in self-hatred, just overthinking, having anxiousness for me, for you, for us, you, Matt, me matters first. You can, if I sit here and I hate myself but I honor and I see you and I love on you and then you find out that I just have such low confidence that relationship what I gave you the confidence that I gave you it'll be tainted a little bit does that make sense do you see the difference of we have to honor and respect other people and at the same time too that means that we have to honor and respect ourselves too we have to claim ourselves to be the one and and then showcase and honor and respect and see other people and they'll become the one and then they'll see you as the one and all just we all collectively rise as we are the one and that's confidence and that's leadership and that's what I'm talking about so those are the five rules of life and I added a little bit of what I've learned over the last couple of years <laughs> this is something that if you can just start to bring this in to a daily practice, these five things, and if it's too much to do the five things, start with number one, have vision for your life, create a context for your life. And if you'd like to listen to Brennan Burchard's episode, I will link it below. Otherwise, I hope this is all I have for you. 
Um, and I hope this week takes your breath away because you're starting to walk in vision, in alignment, in a context towards your life goal, your dream, your vision, your vision beyond the problem. All right. I love you. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women listening. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your friends. Or even better, drop a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Don't forget, if you are looking for any additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Katie Christ. See you back here next week.